Hey guys, welcome to Touch by Prayer. I wow, today I am okay. I've been excited. You've heard me say I'm excited. I am so so excited to speak to my guest. It is going to be an incredible show. It is going to be power packed. Get your tissues. Get your tissues because I am telling you, you cannot hear the stories. You can't go through these kinds of things and not just get undone, get wrecked, because that's exactly what I'm seeing. It's like, it is just going to be so good. Share, share, share. Sharing is caring because we definitely want to make sure that everybody can see this. I'm just making sure that everybody is up and we're able to be seen and we're able to be heard. I think I'm good. Okay. So I just wanted to make sure. Okay. So I am going to do something I don't normally do, but I really feel that this is going to kind of set the stage for what you guys are about to hear and what we are going to talk about. So just sit back, enjoy, and just listen, because this is so God's heart right now. This is his heart. So just Let's just go ahead and we're going to go ahead and we're going to play this. Oh, what happened? Here we go. <laughs> there we go. We're going to try this again. Okay. Little girl lost. Thought no one loved her. Thought no one wanted her. Ran away from her castle. She was embraced by the devil and his false love and through that embracing became a different person, became the harlot, became the queen of lies, the Jezebel. Growing up, I just remember my dad just raging. I'd come home and my dad would be really angry, stressed out, and I really took it personal. And I think that I thought to myself that I must be unlovable. High school, noticed that the boys were paying attention to me. And since I wasn't getting any attention from my dad, I gravitated toward any compliment any pass that was made at me. I met this boy in school that stole my heart. He told me if I slept with him, we'd get married, we'd make a life together, we'd have babies. And I completely took my entire heart and gave it to this boy. And when I found out that he was sleeping with several of my best girlfriends, it was such a shock to me left high school, heartbroken, moved out of my parents' home. The day after I graduated, I remember waving at my mom when I was 18 and my dad and in the back of the car knowing I'd never come back because I was done. I got out into the beautiful city of Minneapolis tried to find a way to go to college, but I had to work three jobs to have my own place and buy a car. 
And I, I found like a new thing inside of me that if I had nice clothes, if I went out to the clubs, I could meet different men that liked me and maybe I could meet a rich guy that would sweep me off my feet and take care of me like a, like a prince would. And so my girlfriend and I started going out to the nightclubs and we had a fake ID. And one night we walked in, these men walked up to us at the bar and bought us drinks, Rolex watches, designer clothes. I looked at my girlfriend, these guys have money. My girlfriend starts to like one of the men. I told my girlfriend, get that guy's money. And I think what this really was building inside me was this vendetta, this deep-seated, rooted unforgiveness towards my dad, towards that boy in school, and I just wanted revenge. I was going to prove that I could make it in my life, and money was gonna be the answer. My girlfriend takes off with this guy, goes to Hawaii. I'm working my three jobs. She calls me up and says, listen, I am on the beach. I'm in a drop-top Corvette, and I'm on my cell phone, and you need to come out here. And even though I didn't have the guts to ask her, you know, what, what are you doing? I just kind of went with it. It was like an automatic walking into a dark doorway that I knew something wasn't right. But the lure of the possibility of having nice things and have, finally having money that I never had growing up, finally being someone important, overrode all those feelings of any caution and it blew it to the wind. And I went to Hawaii that very week, took a vacation from my jobs. And the first night that I was on Waikiki Beach, I actually sold myself with my girlfriend to some Japanese clients and I became a prostitute. It's kind of like I had this ring that I put on and I couldn't take it off. No longer could $3.47 an hour cut it. Once I found out that I could make hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, selling myself $500 an hour with no attachment, no relationship, $1,000 an hour. Now it was $2,000 an hour. It gave me this immense power. And if you wanted me for the night, that was $10,000. A few months later, I started dancing. And one day I was on the stage and this man walks in, puts this couple hundred dollar fan of money at my feet. And I danced just for him. And I let him know that I was actually prostituting my body. I was actually selling myself to make extra ends meet. He looked at me and said, you are so intelligent. I really like you. In fact, I think I'm falling in love with you. He gave me everything that I needed to hear from my dad. <laughs> and I decided that I wanted to move to Las Vegas. I got off the plane, and that night I went on a couple calls. I brought home a nice wad of money. My boyfriend was there, and he told me to break myself. What did you say to me? 
He said, break yourself. And that means give me all your money, dump your purse out on my lap. And I wasn't having it. And he proceeded to take me out by my hair. He choked me. He threw me on the porch, on my knees, and he started kicking me. This is pimping B. I'm just choking on my own blood. You're going to work for me, punching me in my face. Time it is, but what time it is now is you're going to pay me. My nose broke, my ribs broke. It was like I was looking at the devil. The prince turned dark. And if you try to leave, I'll kill you. That night, it's like I died inside. And the next five years of my life, I was with a pimp. Every time he hit me and choked me and raped me or put guns to my head, made me do things I never wanted to do, I just did it because I loved him and because out of fear, because I knew if I didn't, that I would not live to see another day. And even though I got away from him, everything you give, you leave. The money, the cars, the houses, all behind, because when you leave a pimp, you leave with nothing. I started stacking my money again, but the money wasn't the same. I came down with cancer, and a couple years later, lost all my hair, had chemotherapy, had Hodgkin's lymphoma. I started taking painkillers for my bone pain and my marrow, and I got addicted to painkillers, and that led into cocaine. I was going on calls bald with wigs because I had lost all my hair from chemotherapy. And I had clients calling me a cancer, a cancer bee, cancer bitch, I'll just say it. I'm staying in these seedy motels and I remember laying there in my bed looking in the mirror at myself, thinking that God was angry with me. I would get in the shower and I would scrub my body and I would think I'll never ever be clean. I started freebasing cocaine and one night I just decided that I was just gonna get higher than I could than I've ever been before because I just wanted to erase all the pain, the pain of the cancer, the pain of my uncle, my sister and my grandpa dying within three months of each other. The pain of losing all those years with my family up in the Midwest. The pain of losing all my friends, losing my cars, losing everything I had ever made. I took the hit of that Coke and I fell back. I, I went completely blind. It's like the whole room, the light that was on in that room turned dark. And I remember laying there and I felt like this demonic presence just come over me that I was completely alone and I got really, really scared and I just instinctively knew, I knew that I was at death's door. I was in this dark, dark cave and I knew. I knew it was over. And I saw my family. I saw my funeral. And I was in the coffin. And everybody was crying and they were wiping their faces and they were saying, she was just a prostitute. That's what I said, Jesus.
I don't know if you're real, but I don't want to die. The ambulance came, and the doctor came up to me, and he grabbed my hand, and he said, you are lucky to be alive. You have so much drugs in your system, little lady. You should be dead. God must be with you. And I knew that Jesus heard my prayer. And I laid there. And I had this peace come over me that was nothing like I had ever felt in my entire life. And I knew God gave me a second chance. It got better and I started reading my Bible. I recovered and was afraid to go to church. Come on, I'm an ex-prostitute. Do I think if I walk in church, people are gonna look at me and really love me? But I walked in that church and people embraced me. And God just really started doing that inner healing. And the Holy Spirit was just like speaking to me, telling me that I was beautiful and that I was chosen and that I was set apart and that I was a sanctified and I was a holy vessel for Him. I started to stand on Jesus' words that I'm whole, that I'm healed, that I'm pure, that I'm a virgin in Him. And that gives me peace. I remember I was vacuuming my house one day, and the Lord said to me, He said, Annie, I want you to go back down to that strip. And I want you to tell the girls that are in slavery that I love them. And so that's what I'm called to do, to simply tell them, God loves you. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how deep, how dirty you feel, that there's redemption. You are white as snow you accept him into your heart. Little girl lost, thought no one loved her, thought no one wanted her, ran away from her castle. But God met her on that dark road. He said, you can come home now. I'm right here, and I never left you. Redemption, redeemed, set free. That's my life, as love. How awesome was that? That sets it up because sometimes the choices that we make it takes a part of us. And I'm so extremely honored and privileged to have Annie on today on Touch by Prayer. So without further ado, please welcome Annie to Touch by Prayer. And it's Annie Lobert. I'm just making sure I'm saying that correct. Yes. Oh, I can't hear you. Hold on, honey. Nope. We're Am good. I on mute? Nope, you're good now. <laughs> it's Lobert, Lisa. It's Lobert. Hi. I was going to ask you, and I didn't get a chance because we were talking about over uh, everything. But please, please, please um, 
thank you so much for for coming on and um i am so so honored to have you on touch by prayer and for you to share your story and i'm just so honored for, for your life to be quite honestly be, because i think what you do and who you are and how you do things it is it's just absolutely beautiful absolutely beautiful <laughs> thank you thank you so much i'm really honored to be here okay so i'm going to tell you that what what papa does with me is sometimes he just says reach out and that's exactly i actually found you on instagram that's how i found you i found you on instagram i'm like what hookers for jesus i'm like oh heck yeah were you scrolling and you saw the name or did you see like a graphic or something um i i actually read something and then i saw hookers for jesus and i'm like i'm in because i had i heard of hookers for jesus but it just kind of like escaped my mind because i always thought oh i want to go to the strip clubs and go love on these women <laughs> that's yeah. well, that you is know, my art right and so some people and you might have initially thought that hookers for jesus means that we're you know, prostitutes for Jesus or hookers, right? This derogatory term that's been used for generations upon generations. But it literally means I will teach you how to fish for people. Oh, and so oh, our oh. motto is, our motto is, you know, hookers, actually a Galway hooker boat made in Holland that was made hundreds of years ago. And even before that, the, the same fishing boat that Jesus had his disciples go on and go across the water when Peter got out of the boat. It's that same type of size of boat, and it's a fishing boat. So our boat at Hookers for Jesus is a boat that helps get people out of the water of the stormy hurricane waters of sex trafficking, and we pull them into the boat, and then we dry them off, and then we sail them to the Island of Destiny, which is Destiny House program, and we continue to pour into their lives, give them hope and get their souls and their hearts and their lives completely transformed. And we offer beyond, you know, the, the very physical help for trafficking victims and the mental health, but we offer the, the biggest, I think the best secret sauce that I could say is our spiritual sauce of Jesus. You know, we don't force it. We make sure that we're never proselytizing. Uh, our, our people that we work with, but we do share what's transformed our lives, which our organization survivor led. So that's hookers for Jesus. Oh, come on. Uh, I even love it more. Like, seriously, I love it more because I know that one of the things that there's such a negative con uh, connotation when it comes to that word. And the only thing I can think of is, you know, when you look at the Bible, there's uh, the woman, of course, caught in adultery. But my thing that I always go to is the woman at the well. Because yeah. every single person has a woman at the well story. And I think that you're the I am second, which if you guys don't follow, I am second, follow them. And if it if it's in your heart to so into that organization, it's beautiful. Um, but the 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 beauty about what you said in your testimony is that you had a woman at the well that you thought everybody thought of you in one particular way, but God didn't yes. see you that way. Jesus no. never saw you that way. 
Absolutely not. And that's the thing. I was discussing that with one of my girlfriends today. She's a colleague of mine. She is a traumatologist. She's amazing. Her name's Dr. Halle. And I, I was asking her, you know, she's talking about some casino education training for trafficking. And, and actually, we were discussing, you know, what happened to me at the casinos. And I remember walking in, Lisa, and always trying to hide from the police, first of all. Number two, the security guards. Now, did they know every time I walked in, when I was going up the elevators or up the stairs to a call, which is just basically, it's a man calling for a female, a bisexual female, a transsexual, or a boy, right? Or a teen boy, teen girl, because when people, when, when people buy people for sex, you know, in itself, that's exploitive. I don't care if it's your choice. Lisa, are you still there? Yeah. I was just giving you full screen. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it's your choice. What ends up happening with the sex industry itself is when you get into it in the beginning, if it is a choice, you end up, it's like quicksand. It sucks you in. And you. the deeper you go, the deeper you're in. And you can't get out. Mm. Right? You can't get out. So most people, if not all that I've met, have had traffickers. And what a trafficker is, is a pimp. It's someone that is making coercion happen, fraudulent activity, lies. And they're, they're, they're tricking you into this lifestyle and telling you, oh, you're going to do this and you're going to make this and we're, I'm going to give you a car and you're being tricked into this lifestyle. And what ends up happening is you become enslaved to it, not to only the trafficker, but to yourself, because now that you're in it, what else are you going to do? So when I was walking through those casinos, everybody would stare at me. And I, I know that they were thinking, oh, wow, she must be she must be selling her body. But my main concern at the time was the fact that I'd go up to the hotel room. I have to turn that trick, get the money, you know, come downstairs, run through to my car because security was there trying to get me arrested or bring me into the back room, security room where they, they call it 8016. 8016 means you're kicked off for life. That's a code in law enforcement and in security enforcement in the hotel casino business, 86. So they'd 86 me. And then sometimes they would call the police on me. And it was really sad because no one knew I was being trafficked. They thought I enjoyed it. Like you, you should have heard the derogatory words they would use against me. Well, you're just another whore on the beat. I mean, it was like, what? Yeah, well, women like you, you know, sluts like you, you know, whores like you. I mean, you would not believe the derogatory language. They, and they would use the name hooker too, by the way. And then the police would show up and they would either arrest me or write me a ticket. But most of the time they would arrest me. They would put me in handcuffs. I'd have to walk through the casino with all the people gambling, looking at me going, oh my God, look at her. Oh my God, it's a hooker. Oh my God, it's a prostitute. And do you know what that does to your mind and your heart? Now, especially if you're a teenager like I was and in my early 20s, because as I aged, what that does to your heart. You know, there, and, and I, and actually, I was trying to put my makeup on this morning, and you guys know I have blue, uh, purple on today. I'm, I love wearing purple. You can see my little purple outfit. 
but I, I had to pause and redo my makeup because I started crying because I remember the trauma that that caused me. Wow. It's traumatic. And to think that nobody loves you, to think that nobody accepts you and that you're a reject. And, and I like to say, we are the lepers of society. We are the lepers of society. Nobody wants to touch us. And when they, oh, oh now check this out. Yes. When they do work with us or someone tries to help us and if it doesn't go the way they think, they dump us like hot, like a hot cake because they don't understand the severity of complex trauma and what it does to our psyche and what it does to our mental health and our heart. So I rest my case. If you want to work with former sex trafficked victims, you need to be called. You need to be called. And let me tell you what I know all social work has based without them even knowing this and all doctors have based their mental health on most of the time is love which was taught by Jesus as the good news. He is the first doctor of trauma-informed care. Come on, somebody. Come on. Boom. That's, that is a good word right there. That's a good word right there. And that's, that's my heart. My heart, because as for the first time in, in a, probably a very, very long time, sex trafficking, human trafficking, all of these things that are coming to light right now, that more people, more like people who are sitting in their little homes or having their dinner and are just going about their business are starting to talk about this. And they're starting right. to understand the repercussions. They're starting to understand the emotional abuse and the physical abuse. They're starting to understand that this is something where basically you were you were hijacked. That's what I say. You know, because well, you don't yes. yes, yes. It's physically hijacked, number one. But I mean, the number one thing would be before that would be mentally. Mentally and soulfully hijacked by the trafficker because this is this is a thing that they like to do. They like to coerce us and also make us believe. I'm just being honest. I'm having a hot flash, y'all. So just <laughs> handle handle the fan. Handle the fan, okay? Handle the fan. Go ahead, fan. So, <laughs> so anyway, oh, this is this is looking forward to menopause, all you ladies out there. Holler at your girl. So the traffickers hijack your heart if they can get to that heart that's broken they have you hook line and sinker oh uh, see that's a soul tie yep it's a soul tie it's called in the psychological world a trauma bond mm -hmm. right and it's super hard to break because i remember leaving both of my traffickers and i remember thinking I, I should change my number, but I didn't want to secretly change my number because I wanted them to call me because I wanted to know that they still loved me or they still wanted me. But what's really messed up is they didn't love me or want me. They loved the money and the power and the control. That's what they loved. They uh -huh. never loved Annie Lobert. They loved Fallon, the moneymaker. They loved Fallon, the obedient slave. They loved Fallon, the puppet doll. Do whatever I say and perform. That's who they, the persona of someone that I did not want to stay. 
So my alter ego was fallen. Some of you guys are like, what is, what is she talking about? Listen, this is part of the sex industry. Most people that I've met, I'm not going to say all, we pick a pseudo name. So my pseudo name was Fallon York. I had another name. I called myself Tracy. If I didn't want you to call me back on that number or the call service, I gave him a name, Tracy. And at my agency, they knew that that meant don't send me to that call. Hmm. So, and, and, and I also had an older alter ego of, you know, Fallon, the dominance mistress. So Fallon, the call girl, Fallon, the dominance mistress. Come on, come on. <laughs> but you know what? Those are, but those are coping skills. Those are coping yeah. skills. Survival. So, yeah, so that it wasn't happening to Annie, which makes me want to cry right now. <laughs> but that's like, that's just. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. I know. But that's just like, it so wasn't happening to Annie. You know, you know, Lisa, I, I, and I want everyone to hear this out there. I didn't know I was loved. I didn't know I was loved. I, I didn't think I was loved. I assumed I wasn't. I assumed I was just trash to be taken out. I assumed that my worth was my looks and my body because that's the only time I ever got the attention I needed was someone to look at my body and my face and go, oh my God, you're so cute. Oh my God, you're so beautiful. Oh my God, you're so sexy. And it's like, that was my worth and my value. And, and I want to say this to all the young females out there and females that are aging, okay? Your looks are not, they are not your value ever, ever. But society wants you to believe that. Come on. Instagram Come on. wants you to believe that. Preach that. Facebook wants you to believe that. Preach you know, that. you guys, I, I'm a mess today. Like I don't look perfect, but I don't care. I love it. Um, and I have this really pretty light to help me look cuter. So, Hey, how about <laughs> Edgar? And and the thing is, uh, don't you hate it? Like I literally got a cold sore today. Yes. I'm going to point it out. Uh, But I, but I didn't cancel on you, Lisa, did I? But I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you what would have happened in the old days. I would have canceled. Come on, girl. I would have stayed home if I was a call girl and I had a cold sore on my lips. I would have been like, I can't work today. You know, Mm -hmm. it's funny because you know, God tests our hearts. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, you go on that, you go on with Lisa and you show them. And why don't you talk about it? Why don't you talk about it, Annie? Oh. I was like, hey, Holy Spirit, you're on to something. Transparency is going to set somebody free on the other side right now. Come on. Someone's listening right now and you're afraid to really be you in front of that camera. You're afraid to be you in front of that person that you trust. Yeah. You know, you're afraid because you know you can trust them a little, but you don't know if you can trust them all the way. You're afraid to open up. You're afraid to be real because you are feeling they're going to reject you. Come See, on. The enemy uses rejection. See, he uses rejection to get you to do things and to compromise. And, you know, some of you are saying, well, I would never be a prostitute. Oh, my God. I would never sell myself. Oh, really? Can, can I just give you a scenario? Okay. So let's say you get a, a, a job offer. Now, you have a family to take care of, right? You got a family to take care of. And you have two different jobs that you're being offered. One pays a lot less than the other. Okay. Now, if you take the job that pays a lot less than the other job, your family is probably going to have to still 
get food stamps. It's that bad of a job, right? And and whatever else, government assistance. You're going to be stuck in, in that cycle of not getting out, right? However, this other job, it pays four times as much, but there's a catch. You've got to do a couple unethical things to keep that job. And I'm not saying consideringly illegal things, but it could just be things that aren't aligned with your belief system. Let's say you're a Christian and maybe you work for, you know, you got offered a stock brokerage job and they're doing some inside trading that's illegal. Maybe that, maybe it's not even illegal. Maybe they're just very, uh, they're doing things that you just don't agree with. They lie to their employees. They lie to the public. They deceive public with their advertising and you don't like it, but yet you're going to take that job because you don't want your family to go hungry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, how about one step, one step further? How about you have a boss who sexually harasses you every day, but because your pay is so good, you can't leave. And so you allow him to touch you and brush against you and say yes. things. And we get you and, and, and let's have cocktails after. Mm-hmm. Hey, and you know what? That's prostitution. Okay. Even if it's non-sexualized, it's prostitution. If you look up the definition of prostitution in the dictionary, the number two definition is any time that you demean yourself to get paid. You demean oh, yourself. It, I'm telling you. Come you on. lower your standards. You lower your standards. Now, watch this. Here's another form of prostitution. So you're young and you're, or I should say exploitation. You you're like, you just don't feel like anyone will love you. And this boy's kissing you or whatever, or this girl's kissing you. And we could just put different contexts and you're willing to do whatever it takes to keep that person in your life by going to all the way. Mm-hmm. And, but you didn't really want to do it, Lisa. You just yep. didn't because you only did it because you knew if you didn't, you'd lose that person or you thought yep. that person presented the case as you're going to lose me. You're going to lose me if you don't do what I do, what I ask you to do. So you do it. Now, you never got paid, but you just prostituted yourself. You exchanged that act for the guise of, I'm going to love you and accept right. you, and right. you get to be with me. And you can also go that sometimes you're in an abusive relationship where you've been raped, on, you know, and you don't know how to get out. Because under the guise of, of forced sex, they say, oh, but I, but I love you. I just, I just wanted what I wanted, but I love you. Yeah, sure you did. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, no is no. And that's one of the things. Like women have been so subservient to a point of right. Like, okay, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get real. Can I go real a little oh, bit deeper? Ready? Oh, you can go as gold no diggers. Not. Gold digger females out there. Gold diggers. I'm talking to you. Come on, gold diggers. You're just like a prostitute. There you go. You went there. There you go. You aren't willing to really wait for the love of your life, but you see the guy with the money, and it's a good payoff. You're just gonna get married for five years, divorce him, and take half his fortune. And even if you're not intending to divorce him, you just want a comfortable life. Mm. You want a comfortable life. You're tired. You're tired. You are trading your happiness for a dollar sign. Come on. You are compromising yourself for a dollar sign. And then you find out later this guy's a sex addict. And then you find out later that the guy's ordering girls from an escort service that are trafficked. Now you're really in deep on that one. 
So the sex industry is bigger than we think, right? And that's exactly what's happening. We're finding out that it's a heck of a lot bigger. And there have been so many people who have played the game who thought that they could get away with it. Or there are those who have become victims who now who have now become um, the uh, the assaulters have now become right. the the perpetrators. Right you know, there, there's that exchange, and the Lord's been really, really talking to me as a lot of this stuff is coming out about what's going on mm -hmm. in Hollywood. And I've been seeing these different tweets that were erased, like you know, thirty thousand tweets. So we don't need to go in, into who I'm talking about. Everybody knows. Um, uh, uh, can you? Uh, yeah, we can talk later about that one. Okay. So, but what the Lord started to show me about certain individuals who are on that same planet that if something has happened to them as a child, that it becomes normal. It becomes normal. When a child has been sexually abused, it becomes normal. And so they don't see it as something bad when another child is abused because that's how they grew up. They thought it was normal. And so now they're doing it. Oh man, I'm getting preachy now. But uh oh, is that is that what that person was tweeting about? Because it happened to them too? No, no, but that's not what they were tweeting about. But that some of the thing we'll talk after. But yeah, the Lord's been kind of showing me some 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 backstory that's not being said. But what God has been showing me is that all of this is like a great big pimple that's about to pop. And when it pops, there's going to be a lot of people have a lot of pus on their face. Sorry to get graphic. Oh, okay. So how about this? How about when parents? Uh, get their kids into Hollywood and push, 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 push. And they're willing to exploit their children so that they and can get a paycheck. Children. And sell their that's, children. That's yeah. child tra traffic labor. Labor yep. child trafficking. Why do you think- It's disgusting. Why do you think there have been so many celebrities who have tried to get away from their parents and we think, oh, they're just spoiled. Oh, they're just this. And then we see their fate, we see their lives blow up in a big puff of smoke and we go, what the heck happened to them? Well, hello. Now that we're starting to understand the dirtiness, and we're starting to find out the realness of what they've had to compromise, what they've had to endure. Wow, yeah. Come on. It's like- Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 met, I met several of them Actually, one in particular that's kind of out there now talking about it. Good. And I actually met him at a nightclub when I was being trafficked myself, and he was a really nice guy. And he he asked me what I did for a living, and he probably doesn't even remember this conversation, but I told him. And he was like, whoa. He goes, have you seen any famous people? I said, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some of your friends, actually. And he was shocked. And then he goes, actually, he goes, I'm shocked but I'm not shocked. Yeah. He goes, cause I kind of, I kind of suspected that of those other two that you just talked about. Some of you don't know, but yes, I've, I've uh, been with the uh, very famous movie stars and I might actually reveal it. Not today, but leading men that have made millions upon millions of dollars that were leading in roles of movies uh, from the eighties and the nineties. Oh, we are so happy. Oh, and there's movies in the 2000s. Oh, no, we are yeah. so happy to be back. I want you to be my new best friend because honestly, we can we can have, I'd love to get in pajamas and sit and chat with a, seriously. And just like. And, and, and actually one of them's a very, very old fashioned star that actually passed away. And he was from the, the 40s and the 50s. Very, very famous. 
Okay. So uh, I looked up to him, watching him as a child. And then I opened the door and he called the escorts. I'm just like, you're so-and-so. And he goes, no, I'm not. He turned bright red. I go, well, I need you to go downstairs. I was at the Las Vegas Hilton when I was at the Hilton at the time. I said, you need to go downstairs and get your, uh, get more money. You don't have enough money, buddy. Okay. And he was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Dude, I went in his drawer and he left his ID and some credit cards. And yeah, it was verified that day, that moment. He came back up and I, I pulled it out and I said, <clears throat> um, now what were you saying? <laughs> I got your home address in here, bro. Yeah. So tell me the truth. He started crying. Aww. I'll never forget that. Aww. And then he started sharing stories about a very famous singer that he used to do movies with. I don't know if I'm giving you clues or not, but. <laughs> okay. And how, how both of them were put on drugs. Yeah. Yeah, well, I They're verified that yeah. he was crying, telling me the stories. And you know what? So I thought to myself, you know what? I can't be too hard on this guy. No, this guy was a child trafficking victim victim as well. Absolutely. Because it is, it is what it is. Look, there, you know, there's a reason that people say that you sell your soul to the devil. Man, come on, I, Lisa, I, I, I'm tripping on this now because I'm realizing, you know, it's repeated behavior. Yeah. He's calling for an escort because he's so empty, but he was a child trafficking star that was trafficked by Hollywood. That's right. And so they don't know any better, but they know that, that, that there was something that, that, that was exchanged in it. And it becomes almost like this, well, this is normal. I mean, I remember seeing um, Corey, uh, Corey uh, Feldman who was doing a documentary and he was talking about, Oh yeah, I know Corey. I know Corey. And so, and, and Corey, he was talking about Corey Haim. And he was talking about how, like, he was doing all these things. He's like, dude, bro, whoa, stop, hold. But to him, it was normal. It was normal. Oh, yeah. And, and, and yes, it, Charlie Sheen did call our escort service. And uh, okay. yeah. I had, I, I had a, a dream about Charlie Sheen a long time ago. Just pray for oh, him. Pray for him. And I prayed over him. Yeah. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> no, I did. And because I do believe um, I, I was praying for Hollywood back in 2012 and I saw the L and it said Hollywood. It said Hollywood. And God said to me, he said, I am taking back Hollywood. He said, and I'm taking back those people. Right. Because they're still his children. And we we right. forget that. Yes. The stuff that we're hearing is atrocious and the stuff that we're that's being exposed is, is despicable. But when God starts to shift you and just like you said, Annie, you know, when you when that man started to cry and you saw his brokenness, there was something inside of you that said, I, I felt so yeah. bad for him. Lisa, I, I and, and, and he called several times, by the way, but I felt so bad for him. I, I don't even understand. I just have a lot of compassion for people. And, you know, I had another, another buyer that called that was, a, and he died too. He was a famous musician from the seventies and singer oh. and writer. And he was getting high on cocaine. And I, I actually I walked in the room and I never forget this because it was at the Imperial Palace at the time. And uh, now that's called the Lincoln Las Vegas. And he had on a piano necklace. It was pure gold with diamonds on it. It was so beautiful. And I, I honestly didn't know who he was at first. And then he said the name and it, I, I looked at the name that it was registered to. Um, and I realized, oh my gosh, this name is so familiar. And 
the second time I saw him and I'm like, you're, you're, he goes, I said, you did this song and that. And he goes, yeah. And I said, why didn't you tell me? He's like, well, I didn't want you to know. I'm like, well, duh. Like, I mean, you <laughs> called the escort service and you used your real name. <laughs> okay. No. Sometimes they're not so smart. So I'm just saying, you know, because yeah, they're. And then there was this other star. I don't want to say the name of the movie, but it is one of my favorite movies of all time. And everybody's seen it. Oh, no. Uh, anyway, he was filming with the crew and stuff. And he had came to Las Vegas. And uh, I don't want to say the deep details, but uh, he was very, he was very nice, decent, I should say. But most people say buyers aren't. Mm -hmm. But he was very, very uh, afraid of me. <laughs> Because he thought I recognized him because I did. Of course. I did recognize him right when he opened the door. I was like, yeah. I was like, are you an, impos are you an impersonator? <laughs> and he, uh, no, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't. He was at the Bally's Hotel. Well, these are all verifiable records, by the way. They could probably verify these well, at the casinos. But you know what? There's something about that, Annie, because as you have, have seen, things changing and you've seen the secrets they there there is no secret anymore secrets out the secrets out you know um several many of these and there's way more than that but many of these people i've seen i, I could say out of all the famous people i've seen i think three or four have died now they've passed away so if i say it their family's going to be pissed oh Sorry for using that word, pissed, but oh, no. mad, angry, whatever. You could say, you could say pissed. Pissed is never a swear word to me. I don't know why people get so mad about it. It's like, dude, I say it all the time. But so I thought about that. So I'm contemplating that uh, about exposing all that because I feel like if I don't say something, that that it makes trafficking so much bigger. In other words, did these people know? I don't think so. I lied to them. Did they know I had a pimp? Did they know I had a trafficker? Absolutely not. I would never admit that to them. Mm -hmm. Never. Never. I remember that right before I got out of the industry the first time, like all the way, when I stopped working escort services, I had this guy call and he was in a, 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 a famous movie with a very famous actress. And he opened the door and I'll never forget. And I can't say the name of the show because I'm going to reveal who it is. So I don't want to say it. He was rooming. He was in a beautiful suite at the Mirage. He was rooming with another, another very famous uh, person for nighttime television. It's a, a half an hour comedy show. <laughs> Super like famous. Really and famous. Everybody loved this show. And what I'm going to give you a couple clues. Did, Four did, people started in the show. Huh? Oh, four people starred in the show. Okay, keep going. Okay, so he was in the other room, and when he opened the door, the guy was super good looking, regardless. But then the, his friend opened the door, and I looked, and I just, I, I, I was in shock. I was like, "Oh my goodness, it's so and so from the so and so show." And he just looked, and he mm -hmm. goes, "Oh hey, all casual. You guys want to go downstairs and gamble? Oh now we're good." I mean, it was crazy. Like it was like he knew I was calling an escort. The other guy was calling an escort service and it was just so bizarre to see. And you know, it's funny because when you're an escort like this and you're in Las Vegas, it is with these nice casinos and beautiful suites, it is considered high class call girl. Now, 
the thing is, is that you in myself and my soul, I got all excited because I was like, Ooh, I'm meeting famous people. But what I did back then was I was really, really getting high on cocaine a lot. So I got him some cocaine and we got high and we saw each other several weekends in a row. Mm-hmm. And I like literally had, and I'm just going to keep this real. Is this a, like, is this PG 13 audience? Um, um, I don't think children watch it, but I, I have it. Okay. For anybody. Well, I, I had sex. I never do this, you know, when I was working ever, but I had sex without a condom because I really had a crush on this guy. Uh huh. I did. And it's the first time I ever did that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was just like, so enamored with this this buyer, I, I, I thought he's my ticket out. Right. He gave me his private number. I called his cell number. And again, this was in the nineties. And I remember his girlfriend answered it and I was devastated because I thought, well, I thought he cared about me. I thought he cared about me. And she was like, don't you ever call this phone again? Wow. And I was like, do you know who this is? You know, I'm so-and-so. And she was like, so, and so it was like, I got like discarded. It really broke my heart, actually. It made me really realize that, you know, the pretty woman fantasy could never really come true. Well, that that's right where I was going. I was going right to that place because even in the movie Pretty Woman, like she was starting to believe everything yes. was going to change. And she was willing to even compromise something that she never, ever did was kiss. She said that she goes, I do everything, but I don't kiss because that was something that was tender. That was something intimate. But as she was letting go, as she was revealing herself and all she wanted was to be loved. And as soon as she felt that freedom and she thought she was like, this is my way out. This is where I'm going to go. You know, what's his name? Jason. Um, oh, what I can't what I from Seinfeld that that. He, yeah. Hey, I heard that, you know, you're this and uh, I heard you're a hooker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it was like, you're such a reason. Like, but oh man, I was so mad at that guy. Now, now, I got to put this in perspective. I saw Pretty Woman in the theaters when it first came out. Um, My trafficker and I went and saw it. And I remember sitting there in that theater and Lisa, I bawled my eyes out. And, and because I was a call girl. Yeah. How, how does, how does a girl like me see that and not want that for myself? Absolutely. And, and it was like, my trafficker was like, why are you so emotional? Mm. And I was like, because she got her dream. Mm. Her dream came true. Right. She got rescued out of the industry. Yeah. And a, and the man had money and he was good. I mean, Richard, care girl. Come on, somebody. Come on. I mean, <laughs> Everybody loved Richard Gere back then. I mean, I still think he's super handsome. Yeah. But it was like, that's the ultimate. And that that song, it must have been love. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, that's me. Yeah. That's what I want. See, and that being said, the lure of this industry to get now for me, the lure was the money. I thought if I had money. I could, people would respect me and people would fall in love with me. I know that sounds really dumb, maybe from another person's perspective, but when you grow up without a lot of money and you grow up with, you know, used clothing and it's just, this is, this is an answer for me. It was an answer, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I just really, really loved chasing money. 
Because when I had money, solutions happened. Mm-hmm. I had problems. Money was my solution. You know, unfortunately, and I, I need to say this right now for everyone, everyone out there that's chasing money, whether it be a corporate dollar, your own private business, you know, you're actually thinking of doing webcam. You're thinking of being a stripper. You're thinking of, you know, going on a call, posing on some ad site, sexual for money. Can I just tell you that money you get in your hand is tainted. Yeah. It's tainted love. Mm. It's tainted love. It's not real. It's, it's, it, at, at first it's going to seem really exciting and really powerful, but that money in your hands is going to go so fast, so fast that you won't even know. Like you'll literally one day be having all this money in your hand and the next day it's gone because eventually you're going to spend it. And eventually you're going to like meet the wrong person that tries to manage you, so to speak, or maybe a trafficker is setting you up right now to be pimped and you don't realize it. You think that this is just an even exchange business partner. No, it's not. They're going to use you and take advantage of you. And eventually you're going to get trapped and you're going to be in that power and control cycle wheel where you're going to be isolated. You're going to be physically abused. You're going to be emotionally and mentally abused. You're going to be threatened with your life. You're going to be tricked and coerced and lied to, right? Yeah. You're going to be manipulated into thinking they love you. Not to mention the physical abuse, not to mention the sexual abuse. How about this? If you have a pet or a child, they can pull that person into that lifestyle. In fact, like use that as a tool against you and leverage. So if you don't do what they say, they'll hurt your child or they'll hurt your pet. It happens, you guys. It's real. That just, there was just a YouTube video about this woman who was being held captive by her boyfriend. And so she said that the dog was sick. And then as soon as she went to the vet, the dog was fine. She slipped them a note saying that her boyfriend was threatening to kill her and he had a gun on him. Because that's, you know, sometimes you get trapped. So brave. That girl is brave. Come on. Wow. I, let's give her a hand. Come on, somebody. There, you go, girl. Seriously, when um, I was, when I was uh, in high school, I had a boyfriend who was very physically abusive to me. And I tried, people would say, well, why don't you leave him? Why don't you leave him? Because it was always, I love you, but I love you, but I love you. And I'm, what the Lord actually showed me is, you know the story about the boy with the hole in the dike? That's what, a, that's what an abuser does is your wall is your heart and they sit there and they poke a hole and poke a hole and poke a hole until something springs and the, and the blood starts rushing or the water starts rushing. And so, you know, your wall is weak and then they stick their finger in it. They stick their finger in it. And then if you don't do what they say, they pull their finger out. So then you start feeling that rush, like, Oh my gosh, it's oh, break. come on now, right? now. Now listen to it like this. Go ahead. So how about if we take that same wall, and they poked a hole in it and you're there to watch to make sure the water doesn't leak out or the blood doesn't leak out. Right. And you're putting your finger in that hole because you know if you leave. That's right. The whole dam's going to break. That's right. That's exactly so you it. You can't leave because his whole world or her whole world's going to crash down. That's right. And you don't want that because you're codependent. That's right. Because you, you feel don't. like your worth and your value is caught up in making sure that person's okay. 
That's right. Because you don't understand your value. See, this right. is this is the biggest problem is that these people are able to manipulate and control because you don't know your worth. Because if you feel like you're worthless and some you're getting your value from somebody else, and the only place that you should be getting your value from is from God. Right. That's it. So when, yes. when that exchange happens, like when you cried out in your video, Jesus, if you're real, if you're real, come. Because you, and then you started to get the love of a father that you so desperately needed as a little girl. You got the love yeah. of a husband from Jesus yeah. because he is our groom. You started to get the love of a mother from the Holy Spirit. You got a full, I hate to say this, but you got a threesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Trinity. Loved you, mm -hmm. right? You, you had, you were getting filled from every single place that a person needs to be filled because we get our identity from our mother. We get, um, we get our destiny or, or a future from our father. And, and we get our strength sometimes from our husband or from right. pure love. That's, that's where we get these things from. And so when these things happen where these people feel you have nothing, they feel like that. And like you said, a part of you dies. I, I was, I just had a, a conference and I prayed with a woman because a part of her died in a place where she had a trauma. It was there. It was st still there. And I said, well, let's go back there. And we went back there. We took that part. And I said, okay, now you and Jesus are going to run back and you're going to run. And I saw Jesus running with her and they like, it just like smacked into her. And that part that was missing, that was gone, came back. It was right. complete because Jesus can do anything. So he right. can pull back those pieces. He can pull back those, those wounds. And you might've left your heart in San Francisco and you might've put some in, in, the, in Nevada and you might have some over in Memphis and, and Jesus can go and pull all those different parts back and make you back into a whole person. Right. Right. You know, I think that Lisa, I think the majority of people in life we're all searching for happiness, but one of the things I think we search more harder for is to be loved. But the the secret ingredient to being loved is the the fruit of peace. If we know mm, we're loved, so it brings so much peace. I want so peace, Lisa. I wanted peace so bad in my life because I had never had it, and to taste peace is happiness. It's happiness. Mm. It's joy. It's, you know, favor. And, you know, there's this calmness and comfort that comes with it. And so that's what I think love is. Love is a peaceful place. It's a home that embraces you. It's a, a just, it's a presence. The Holy Spirit coming into the room and telling you, and whispering in your ear, it's going to be okay. Oh, come on. I got you. I got you. You're going to make it. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. You know, the, the thief on the cross, I think about him. The one that acknowledged Jesus. And I'm sad for the guy that didn't. It was sad how he insulted him. But this other thief said, you know, Lord, if I can come where you are. Let, let it be, let, let, let me, let me come with you, you know, cause he was like, let, 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 can I, 
can I come with you to paradise? Because it sounds like a good place, you know? And Jesus said, oh, you're going to be there. You are going to be there, brother. And of course, I'm paraphrasing the Bible. But I love that scene. I love that story because there's such truth to it. You know, at the last moment of his life, Jesus, at the nick of time, brought him into the kingdom. Come on. And said, you're coming with me. So I don't know who's listening out there. You're here for a reason, listening, and you're watching. And you know what? God's been tugging at your heart. He's been knocking at your door, your lonely rejection door that you've been sitting in in isolation, thinking nobody cares a, a darn about you. You know, I'll say it a damn about you. Guess what? They do. They do care about you. God loves you right where you're at. He has been waiting for this moment for you to acknowledge that he is real. He sees you. He has planned your life from birth. When you were just this tiny little cell in your mother's womb, he was intricately designing everything like a, like a perfect surgeon. The surgeon, just every cell being placed together because he knew at this moment you'd be crying out to him. And he desires a relationship with you. He desires you. That is so beautiful to me. You know, and if someone's listening, I, I just want to encourage you. You know, I'm sure Lisa, you can pray with them. Sure. Maybe they can contact you after or me, whatever. I, it doesn't matter. You know, God's love is never ending. It's unfathomable. It's unimaginable. It, it fills every valley and every precipice. It fills every universe and every galaxy. You cannot escape it. You cannot escape it. The darkness can never overtake it. Our light pierces that darkness. Every light we see is the light and love of Christ. Okay? So when you look at the galaxy, when you look up and you see the Milky Way, every single sun, every single planet, every single, you know, uh, whatever, nebula, has been formed by God's hands. The beautiful colors. I love space, you guys. I love space. You want to know why I love space? Because we're in it right now. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's the ozone layer, but that's it. It's still there. We can go in the ozone layer. God is available right there. He's in the heavenlies, you know. So, people that are atheists, I, I, I feel bad for them because they don't understand the purpose and the plans that God has for them. That's all. That's all. They just don't want to believe it, you know, that he's a good God. Well, and I think sometimes people who are um, who are atheists, they actually believe that if they don't believe, then they don't have to, they can stay uh, stuck in their sin or they can just stay stuck in their stuff. And there is no hierarchy or, or higher uh, place where they have to be accountable. It's, it's part of the spirit of pride, to be quite honest. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And, and, and I'm sure Lucifer, he's having a ball right now. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the falsified uh, imposter being of light. That's what his name means, being of light. Mm -hmm. So he wants to cover people's eyes. And one of the best tricks, and I don't know who I'm quoting. I think it's Frank Peretti. Not sure, the writer. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. See if you can remember this quote. The best trick of the enemy, the Satan, is to make us believe that God's not real mm. and that he's not real. Yep. 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 That's true. So 
it's and maybe I quoted that wrong by the wrong person, but, but it's regardless, a, because even even like with um with with human trafficking, even with pedophilia, like nobody wants to talk about it because if you don't talk about it, then it's not real. They can poo poo in and say, "Oh, it's not real." That's that's a, that's conspiracy theories. <laughs> really? Um, there's someone in jail right now. Guess that's a conspiracy theory. A uh, madam, so to speak. Yeah. We don't even know the real story behind that yet. We don't know what's revealed. How do we know that Jeffrey Epstein wasn't controlling her? How do we even know her? How do we even know he's, he's um he killed himself? Just saying. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. I'm just not. I'm not naive to believe that uh, he killed himself. You know, and yeah. so, and as far as. Uh, Miss Maxwell, I pray for her. Yeah. I pray for her. Yeah. She needs prayer. She does. Because she's a human being. And you know what? If she did do what they claim, and if she didn't, regardless, she is loved by God. That's right. People would hate for me to say that. Yes, justice needs to be served. But let's make sure it's the right justice. Let's make sure we're giving her a fair trial. And, you know, we all know that uh, we had a lot of witnesses as well. Uh, I believe, and I have not heard any testimonies from the victims of the trafficking from Jeffrey Epstein's case, but um, I want to listen to them because I want to hear what they have to say. Absolutely. According to what I've heard, I don't know if you've heard this, but they that she was part of the perpetration, which that is an another way also, you know, if she was recruiting, yes, that happens with bottom people. Yep. Bottom girls in stables, they, they are ordered by the trafficker to recruit. Yeah. And basically in the stable that I've been been in, you get in trouble when you don't. Now, yeah. I never did that, but I was brought other trafficking victims and told I had to do certain things. And so I understand that coercion and that control and that power that happens to a bottom person, a bottom girl, they call it bottom girl. Oh, that's so cool. I don't know if she was that. We don't know. No, we don't know if she was the pimp of Jeffrey. Like if maybe she was the madam of Jeffrey, who knows? Well, no, at this point, see, and that's the whole thing. You know, if, if we, somebody, what, what the Lord said to me is he said, you don't know what somebody has walked. You know, we don't know the, the, the path that somebody else has had to endure. We don't know if they were abused. We don't know if they were beaten besides sexually abused. We we don't know if they were manipulated or or if they've actually been brainwashed. We don't know. Mm -hmm. We don't know. And so for us to be passing a judgment, now I will say this, that God is a, a God who redeems and he always gives people a chance. Are there going to be people who will be redeemed? Absolutely. Are there going to be people who won't be redeemed? Absolutely, because it's free will. And sometimes right. we become so consumed and our heart becomes so hardened that it's impossible for God to get in. And so right. when, and as much as you loved, you know, when, when you fell back and you felt that darkness come in, it was your free will to call out to Jesus. It was your free will. There was something inside of you that rose up that called out to him. And it says, if we call, he will answer. Oh, I love that. I love that. Now, here's the thing. What's so cool. I got to get my glasses, Lisa, because I was going to share something good that I was I was looking up earlier. Okay. It's, 
it's so, it we are we are so tracking, which is so much fun. <laughs> Look at this. Go ahead. But you, Israel, my servant, oh, come Jacob, on. whom I have chosen, come right? on. whom I have chosen, your you descendants of Abraham, my friend. He called Abraham his friend. I love it. Yeah. I took you from the ends of the earth, from its furthest corners, and I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, mm. for I am with you. Mm. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And you know what? This is so cool because that is God's word to Isaiah. Isaiah 41, 8 through 10. Now, if you read the whole chapter, it's just amazing. But I never, ever realized how much God loved me fully, fully, is that day that I was allowed to live, first of all. Mm -hmm. Number two, when I started reading this beautiful book, mm -hmm. yes, it's pink and purple, like me. Okay, I love purple. <laughs> so we, again, I got- I'm telling you, I'm girl, I'd be rocking it. Mm -hmm. I love purple. <laughs> so it's like when I started reading about his love for me, man, it just- Stamped it with approval. Mm. It stamped it on my heart. Mm. And I was like, this is real stuff. Mm. This is really what, because I felt what, what I just read to you, I felt that. Come on. I felt chosen. No one had to tell me, Lisa, no one had to tell me. It was instinctive. It was like a revelation. I all of a sudden... This this beautiful love gripped my heart and, 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 and it was like, I'm special. I felt special. He chose me Come on. to live because I told him, I said, Jesus, please, I will share this story. I will help people. And he knew it. He was like, she's a woman of her word. I'm going to let her live. I'm going <laughs> to let her live. He knew that I would do it. Yeah, he trusted me. Yes, he did. And it was just this exchange, this divine exchange of a perfect promise that I made him. And then his promises came back on me. Come on. You know, and not that it has to go that way. But let me tell you something. God's promises are true. Yep. When he says he loves us, he means it. Yep. He shows it. He will speak to your heart if you ask him to. I promise you he will. He will. He is faithful. I, I just, I just love, I just love the, the, the love of God. The, he's my father, you know, and that was something that, and I know some of you have a difficult time with that because you've been abused by your father or abused by your uncle or abused by a authority figure. That's a male. And so now you just can't figure out how to trust an authority figure. You can't, I don't consider God an authority figure as as much as a father in my life. If you consider him your father, things change. Now, you first have to get that part healed in your heart because if you think all fathers are abusive, that's a lie. Mm -hmm. See, God is our perfect father. He's the being that created us. So we are his children. And we get to know his love by this book, 
and walking and talking with people that mentor us that are living in the same belief that he is our father to teach us what a father's love looks like. What does that look like? Maybe just give you an example. You know what? Destiny house. We have a home for women called destiny house. And it's a place where ladies can come dream, discover, develop perfect destiny that God designed them for. And we have a transitional house as well. I haven't named that yet, but it's our independent living house that we just got awarded today. I'm so excited. So it's for our graduates that graduate the Destiny House program. They get their job. They can live there, pay a very small rent, and help them get for a year get back on their feet. So it's independent living. But all that to say, God has provided, Lisa, over and over and over for this thing that he put on my heart that's what a father does that's right now did god physically do it yes and i'll tell you how through people's hearts he spoke to some people and the people felt drawn and they said you know what i like her mission i love her mission i can get behind that they don't realize it not all the time we have donors that are atheists that they're giving because someone spoke to their heart that's right give to that girl Give to that organization. That's right. That's it. So that's I, part of God's love. Okay, so that the synopsis here is this and the 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 sentence about that statement about God the Father. He is a provider. Yep. God is a father provider. Yep. That's what in in a nuclear family, that's the role. A father is supposed to be a provider for the family, right? And a protector. So Yes. And, 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 and you know what? Oh, okay. Let me tell you about that. <laughs> so, uh, my husband was out of town at the time and I, I, I kind of had a nightmare. I woke up and I looked over the banister where the second floor is Lisa. Huh. I saw this figure. It was iridescent. It was the ceilings upstairs are about 12 feet. It was as tall as the ceiling. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the figure turned and just looked at me and I closed my eyes and I was like, am I seeing things? Mm -hmm. I opened them up still there. <laughs> and I looked again and I was like, what? I mean, this piece came over me. It was an angel. Yep. Sent to guard my house. Yep. I can't, long hair, mm -hmm. everything was white. I can't explain how, it was like a warrior angel, long curly hair. Mm -hmm. Just beautiful. Like iridescent, like pearl, mm -hmm. like rainbow, like pearl white. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, next time that you see it. And, um, and, um, ask, ask its name. Ask the yeah. Angel. I don't know the name of my guardian angels. I know I have, I, I think I have two. No, but yeah. Yeah. I met, I met one of my guardian angels and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you one of my guardian angels name is Clarence. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I know. love it. I and love I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you one of my guardian angels. Uh, it actually, you want to hear the story really fast. Absolutely. So I was, I was actually, still being trafficked at the time. I had this nightmare that I was drowning 
Oh, have you seen the movie, the horror movie with uh, Michael Myers? Yeah. Or uh, no, 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 not Halloween. It was called. It, it was Jason, right? So okay. I, I forget the name of the movie, but I was in that lake and oh, I was drowning. Oh, Friday the Thirteenth. Yes, and and I'm going to tell you something. I, I, me and numbers, I can't. You know, numbers are mean something to me. So I'm drowning in this lake. I'm trying to get out. I'm 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 freaking out. It's dark. It's pitch black out. I see the boat. And I'm trying to reach the boat, but then there's a dock there. And I look up and I see this hand try to pull me out of the water. I, 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 I took the hand and this person pulled me out of the water. They were wearing a glowing suit. Like it was a Fedoro hat with a glowing white suit with a white hat. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, this man was older and he had white hair and he was smiling at me. And I said, oh, 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 my gosh, who are you? He goes, I said, are you an angel? He goes, yeah. He goes, I said, oh, my God, what's your name? He said, Clarence. <laughs> and I woke up. Uh -huh. And I was like, okay, this is not funny. What the heck is that? Mm -hmm. What the heck is that? Clarence was his name. So is that one of my guardian angels? Maybe. I don't know. It was so real. It gave, the, the dream gave me such peace. So I, I just really believe that one of my guardian angels' name is Clarence. Well, you have more, yeah. than, you have more than just two. You have a couple. You have I a, do, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you have an angel. There's a couple. You have a, a provision angel who goes around, who goes and whispers in people's ears to give you money. You also, wow. you also have an angel that goes out and finds girls who whispers the name of your house for them to go to. That's why some of them have come to you and have said, I don't know, it was almost like somebody whispered in my ear. I, I heard about it. It was like a thought that popped into my head, but it's an angel that actually goes out and gets the girls and tells them to come. You also, you have a protection angel. You have a ministering spirit that goes with you. And you also, you well, there's, there's a couple of things, like you have the destiny house, but um, I was going to say something else, but I think you're supposed to have a dream house where they can dream again. Oh, okay. Wait a second. That was, you're going to trip out, Lisa. That's the name of the second house. Oh, that is. Oh, that's what I just heard. I heard dream house. Well, I, I wrote it down today and I could prove it to you if I had my sticky notes, but I told one of my colleagues, I go, I think I'm going to call that name the dream house yep, for the second it. transitional. So I'm just confirming it because I heard. Yeah, that's so crazy. Now yeah. watch this, watch this. Clarence, Clarence name means, you're going to trip out when I say this to you. It means bright or clear. Yes. Come on. What? Yep. What? Come on. Come on. Come on, Jesus. This Come is on. a little bit too prophetic here. Well, your prophetic gifting is also starting to increase. Just let me know. All right. Well, I receive it. Come on, snap the fingers. Let's oh, go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More, 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 more. Jesus, thank you, thank you. I, I love all the heavy revies, Lord. I don't care. Just bring them. And I ask them for Lisa too, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You know, I've been called a prophet. I've been called a seer. Yeah, you are a seer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, oh, I see most things. Seers, most seers are prophets. So yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I love that. I, I prayed for a girl in France one time. I was over there on a missions trip and we we had um, a girl come to me and we had this prayer session where we uh, ten of us were praying for people. And it was lined up. We had this woman's conference and we were 
my interpreter, my French interpreter, she was so cute. I loved her. So this girl comes over and she's probably about 16. And I, I was praying for her and I saw this vision of her. She was holding this life-size doll, like a Raggedy Ann doll, really bizarre. And I thought, that's odd. So the Lord spoke to me and he said, I need you to tell her that she does not need to hug that doll anymore because I'm her comforter. I need you to know that I'm her comforter and you need to tell her that she's done with that doll as her middle. Right. And I said, I I hope this doesn't sound crazy. Her interpreter's talking in French. You know, it's so, so cute. And I, and I, and she's my witness. I could actually, we could verify this prophetic word or the seer gift that I, that God had actually used with me because mm-hmm. I could call her right now and, and, and text the lady that witnessed it, the, my interpreter. So in fact, I gave her a word too, that actually came true as well. And mm-hmm. she was blown away. Like mm-hmm. the prophetic was active when we were in, mm-hmm. in France. So I, I said to her, I said, you know, the Lord told me and I saw this doll and she started bawling. And she started just going off in French to the other girl to tell me what she, and guess what? She had a life-size Raggedy Ann doll. Come on. That she had been hugging every night and crying into. Now, what are the odds of that? You tell me what are the odds of that? Uh, well, I'm just, I'm just going to say, get, expect more, expect more of those. Yeah. Expect yeah. more of those because where, where God is about, there's, um, okay. I, I, I'm all right. So the, the thing that, because I've been praying for you all day, I've been praying for you all day. Oh, no, I, have, I have been, I've been praying. You're okay. So, and, um, there's a couple of things that the Lord is sending you back to Hollywood. You're going back to Hollywood, but you're going to be ministering to those people the way that you have ministered to those who have been trapped in and sex trafficking. But you're going to go back to those people who were in Hollywood and you are going to be a breath of fresh air because they're going to feel for the first time, just like with that gentleman, they can actually be real with you and you're not going to judge them. And you're going to help bring them to Jesus. God is going to be opening up doors. Expect that you're going to have another house that's going to be in Hollywood. And it's going to be for the women who've been trying to get into Hollywood, who have been abused and gone through the system. So you're going to also have a house there. And God is going to start just like, you know, um, oh, okay. So you're kind of going to be like the Harriet Tubman of Hollywood. You're going to be able, and God's going to tell you where to go. And you're going to start to go. And you're going to have word of knowledge of where they've gone, what they've done. And they're going to crack because they've been holding it in for so long that they can't actually say it because they're so afraid of being exposed, but you're going to own out on their stuff, but in love, you're not going to do it in condemnation, but you're going to say, God has shown me that you've done blah, 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 with blah, 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 blah. And they're going to break and they're going to get that freedom and that release. And they're going to say, how did you know that? And that's when you're going to introduce them to Jesus. And you are going to start to move people from a place of it being trapped and in prison into a place of being released and into freedom. That's awesome, Lisa. You know what? I was talking to my colleague today, this morning, and she was like, are you going to get a house here? Because I feel like you're going to get a house here. She was like, are you, are, are you going to get an office started? And I was like, Man, if we can get the donations, if somebody out there in California can get us a house, let's go. 
Come on. I'm ready to go. Come on. That's how I am right now. Come on. And can it be by the beach? Please. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can it be in Malibu Beach? Why not? Let's Please. ask for it. Let's ask for or it. Or Laguna. I'll take Laguna. I'm Laguna gonna, or Malibu. I am okay? telling you that what God is going to do is going to blow your mind. And he's saying that for every tear that you have cried, that he is actually going to give you triple. Okay. Triple. Come on, Lisa. Now, now I took a door. picture. My husband and I were in, were in Laguna Beach about about six months ago before COVID hit really hard. Okay. We were there for, why were we there again? We were there for a gig. Oh, we were meeting a, people for something for Striper. Okay. Oh, it was the Whiskey Go-Go. It was last uh, October, actually. Okay. We were um, there and we were staying on the beach. And I'm going to tell you something. Oh my gosh. This house I saw that was for sale. It was a castle. It was right on the beach. And I was tripping. I, so I said, Oz, I said, I feel like the Lord's telling me he's going to get us a house on the beach. He, someone's going to donate a house on the beach. Some millionaire is going to say, I love what they're doing. And I want these women to get healed on the beach. But it's not just going to be the women, honey. It's not just going to be the women. Well, I mean, this place, you should, Lisa, I'm going to text you pictures of what I took. You're going to trip out. It was an Italian house with, it was made of stone and brick. It was beautiful. I mean, three stories. It, it had like little turrets on it and it was mm -hmm. just gorgeous. Come on. I was, uh, I was like, oh, it had lion statues in the yard. <laughs> like, yeah, man, it overlooked the ocean. It was just like, oh. Uh, I was like, this is destiny. This is a destiny house for, for California. You've this, is, this is it. You've claimed it. You've claimed and, it. And um, I looked up the price. Okay. I think that house was, I think it was, gosh, I have to ask my husband. I heard, it, it, is it, is it, it's not 43, is it? I, I can't remember how much it was. I have to look up, I have to look it up because I took a picture and then I looked up the listing to see how much it was. I know it was a, a it was a couple million dollars, but I, man. I, I heard forty three. I'm thinking is is that too much for a house? Forty three million. I mean, it's a castle. You saw this? No, it, you know what? It, it, it might have been like one point four or one point seven. Might have been more. I I just can't remember. But all those houses were being sold. Okay. And this is before COVID, so I can guarantee you right now Maybe those houses. Um, the the market in Las Vegas is is rising. The, the rental market here, all the California people are coming here. So I have a prediction for California. Whoever is doing real estate in California, I think the real estate is, uh, they're doing well right now. And uh, people are moving away from Cali. Yeah. And so it's a good time to buy. Well, I'm going to tell you this, that God's not done with California. So it's not dropping into the ocean anytime soon. So just. I don't think so either. Yeah. He's not I done. I don't think so. Listen, if, if God, if God was done why would he have some of the most anointed people that aren't even famous praying for that land? I have friends there and it's not going anywhere. I have a lot of friends in Cali. Right. A lot of friends. I've, I've got Republicans and Democrat friends right. and libertarians and yeah. no party pe people, every realm. And, and I love them all. Okay. See? So. <laughs> I'm just saying that there, there are things. I know I'm called to California at some point. I know that I'm going to bring my conference to California. Where are you right now? Jersey. Oh, girl, you're in Jersey. I'm a Jersey girl. I love New York, dude. I love New York. Come on out. Let's go have some
awesome fun. I'm, I'm going to tell you what. My dream with Jesus. Okay. My first dream with Jesus. Okay. When he showed his face to me was in New York City, girl, oh on the God. street. Come on. At a bus stop. And he Come on. and I had never, ever been to New York. And, and I knew he was giving me a prophetic sign, like, you're coming to New York. Come on. Let's do it. And, girl, I did. I've been to New York now probably about 15 times. Love it. Love well, it. I am telling you that God is doing something. So I love Manhattan. So anyway. beautiful. He is doing something so beautiful. And God is about to, I'm telling you, the things that are happening that he is about to overturn the tables. He's about to start spinning things around. People aren't going to even understand how quickly he's going to start moving. He is coming in like a flood. He is coming in like a flood because he's getting his kids back. He's a papa who's going after his kids. He's going after his kids. I'm telling Come you. On. I Come on. I was in West Virginia. I was just up in the mountains in West Virginia. And God shows me hearts. And after this conference that I did, there, there was a heart. I'll, I'll send it to you. I have a picture of a heart made out of clouds. And it looks like a heart. I mean, I it, love it. I love it. Clouds. God speaks to me through clouds all the time. We are I see sure. stuff. I'll never forget this. When I first radically got my life surrendered, I was, I was, I never forget. I was, I was going up Charleston Boulevard. I was in my Subaru mm -hmm. and, and, and it was, uh, it was my first car out of the sex industry. I paid 500 bucks for it. And I know it was, a, it was a, you know, it was like a little older car. I didn't care. The pride had to fall on me. I was driving and I remember yeah. listening to some music and I think I was listening to, uh, Michael W. Smith. Okay. But I looked up and the sun was setting and I saw this cloud girl, it was, I wish I had a camera. I wish my, man, I'm telling you, it was a lion. You know those oh, statues? Yes. Those, those lion, the big mane and all that. And the statues where they're just sitting there like this. Mm -hmm. It was a statue lion sitting there. Come on. And I couldn't believe my, it was so clear. Come I on. couldn't believe my eyes. You know, and the wind was kind of high that day. So within like a minute, it was gone, gone. Come but I saw it and I felt like the Lord say to me, I am the lion of Judah and I am roll calling your freedom and the other ladies. Come I'm on. I'm over Vegas and I'm the lion of justice. Come on. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Oh. And I was like, whoa. And I was on the I was on the phone with one of my friends and I said, Oh my god, you I said, look outside right now, look outside. They're like, What, 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 what? I go, You're not oh my gosh, you're not gonna see. I saw that there's a cloud and look, there's a lion of Judah, and they're like, Calm down. I started crying. Oh. Man, you know, God just is so good, you guys. I don't know if anyone, hey, you guys, you guys like I don't see prophetic signs, I don't hear words, I don't do the da, da, da. you guys, I just want to implore you, study the gifts. Come on, study the word of knowledge, come on, study the prophetic gifts. Yep. Study the seer gift. Yep. Study signs and wonders. You yep. are going to see something. Yep. Ask God to show you. And I guarantee you, be patient too. He <laughs> is going to show off. Yep. He sure does. He, you have to be looking for it. You yep. have to be listening. Jesus said to himself in the gospels, those who are ready to hear will hear what I have to say. Come on. Okay. He wants to speak to your heart. Yeah. Are you listening with your physical hearing? And you know, that's even a good one, but the heart is what he's asking for. Yeah. He's asking you to open up your heart so you can hear his voice. 
So watch this. Before I overdosed many times, and a couple times after, I audibly heard my name called. Come on. And I out of sleep or just sitting there, all of a sudden, Annie! And I'm like, ah! Oh, come what? on! What, what, what? And I, I know, I know that was either my angel or the Holy Spirit. Cause I audibly heard my name and I, and I, I never forget because I was with a couple people at the time and, and I was like, did you hear that? They were like, no, you're weird. And I'm like, what do you mean? I heard it. I heard the sound. It was probably, now, probably Jesus. Right. And, and, and if anyone doesn't know what Annie means, Annie means grace. Come on. So when every time you should find out what your name means, because when your name means a certain thing and you have to take it into context as according to what God wants you to be called, mm -hmm. it, it'll change your life. Yeah. Mine actually means God's oath. Wow. Yep. So you're God's promise. Mm -hmm. You're God's mm -hmm. promise. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. That's, that's just, you know, I, I love the, the meaning behind things. Like I, I'm obsessed with that type of stuff because it, it, it helps me grow my faith and make me, it makes me believe to a deeper level. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking God for just like you said, more yep. new signs, new wonders, yep. new revelations, new yep. dreams, new visions. Right. I want to see further. Like Kim Clement used to say, yes. further, farther. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I loved him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Kim Clement. We miss that prophet. We miss Kim Clement. Well, I used to go to all his sessions in did. Hollywood. He had church. <laughs> he had church in a porn studio. Oh, come on. He took over for his church, a porn warehouse studio. I, I never knew that. That, that just really makes my heart sing. That really does. I think that it so was powerful. Come on. Powerful. That's amazing. And um, I do want to uh, mention there is a, a television show. It's called The Chosen. Have you seen it, Annie? I saw it all and binge watched it. Oh, girl. Oh, girl, no. that show, I know. You guys, I've never, ever oh. seen Jesus right? the way. The way that they oh. have done. And I am so excited for the new eight eight more. I, I'm like, it's going to be eight seasons. I'm so excited about it. Yep. And I want to contact those people because that literally changed my walk again. Come on. Okay. So you've seen Jesus. Okay. But yes. I'm going to tell you that I, I've danced with Jesus. I've had encounters with Jesus. That the guy, Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus... He is like Jesus. Like he is like Jesus. Like his mannerisms and the way that he moves and everything about him and every vision I've had with Jesus, that is who Jesus is. So when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's like really Jesus. That's like not just a guy playing Jesus. He just like seriously just becomes because. Oh my gosh. He actually says, he says he asks the Holy Spirit to deplete him of him so that he's fully Jesus. Wow. Come on. Come uh, like Jim Caviezel, Jim Caviezel, man. Oh yeah. He, as Jesus. And they're, they're going to be filming that by the way, uh, 
passion too. I but know. let's get back to Chosen yeah. because my <laughs> one of my favorite scenes is the scene when he tells Peter to cast his net down again. Come on. Dude, I'm like, that is, if anyone doesn't know what that is, please download their app. Donate to them. them. Support them. Yep. And, yep. And, and the John 3 scene is absolutely, I bawled. The, the, mm -hmm. the humility of Nicodemus. Come on! The way, that was, the way it was portrayed and the way it seems like this is the way it could have went down. I know! And he's crying. Did you see the sky in the background oh. and the stars and the, and, and the crickets chirping and the candlelight? And uh. It was so beautiful. And the way they were talking with each other yeah. and the way Jesus had so much grace with Nicodemus. Yeah. He was so loving towards him and i just man when i, I said, can't kiss the sun lest he be angry oh yeah yeah so good yeah. so good I, I really believe it went down like that like that is like and i know some people say well it wasn't word for word well get out of your own head <laughs> do you think do you think the writers yes they were inspired by god got everything absolutely perfect no some people claim they did. Come on. There's always missed details. It even says so in the gospels and the, in the word in revelations that there's so many things yeah. that it says in the gospels specifically yeah. that there's so many things that were untold and unshared yes. that we could never fill up enough pages. That's right. With the stories of Jesus Christ. And, okay. Okay. And do you also, do you read the passion translation? Yes, love it. Okay. Love it. Okay. I love all translations actually. Yeah. I glean off all of them. Yeah. All of them. We're we're gonna talk because Brian Simmons, who does the Passion Translation and he's done Touch by Prayer, is going to Israel next year. So maybe Ooh, I love I like it. it. I'm telling he's amazing. He's amazing. And his I wife, you know his wife is amazing too. Yeah, yeah. Wow, Lisa, what a what a total blessing and favor. So, so and, but um, okay. So, uh, you, I want to have you back because I, I would love to just sit and. Have more I know we didn't really talk about my testimony, did we? <laughs> well, we, <laughs> we kind of did. We did. We did. We did. Yeah. But I yeah. think that some of the other things, the realness of it, the the, I think that there was, well, uh, the way that I always put it is that. Um, touched by prayer is the interview that you're never going to have on anybody else's show <laughs> because the Holy Spirit just kind of takes over and just starts going down all these different rabbit holes, but it's important. And that's what I think is, is fun because he knows what every single person needs to hear. And I think right. everything that, that you do and everything that you have overcome, the authority that you walk in. And I'm just going to say this, that the healing gifting that you also have, that is going to start showing itself. The healing gifting that is inside of you, Miss Annie, it's there. Don't dismiss it. You have that authority to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You have Okay, it. well, I'm, I'm going to lay hands on my husband. Yes, you are. I've been laying hands on him, but I'm going to do it even more. God was showing me I have to. Yeah. And, and everyone and, just pray for my husband. He has two brain tumors, and it's not, it's a serious matter at this okay. point. Very so serious. It's, so the other thing, too, is like sometimes it's taking off the trauma. 
So when you break the trauma, sometimes the healing will come. But just start, just start speaking to those tumors and tell them to shrink, and tell them to tell them to not only shrink, say you, I cut off all blood supply to you in the name of Jesus, that you will start to shrivel up and die in the name of Jesus, and I and I and start speaking to his immune system. Yeah, I, I, I what I wanted to do, I just saw this vision of me writing out a prayer. Come on, with all go. that added to, to it. There you go. That's so, and then I could I could pray that over him every, every single morning day. when he wakes up. And I'm standing in agreement that he is going, those things are going to shrivel up and they're going to go and you're going to have another testimony because God is going to give you an authority to start showing you that you do have the same gift because Jesus said that you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That right. wasn't for just one person. That was for all. Right. That was for all. So that includes you. And so you're going to use that. And that's going to be the testimony. And then there's going to be, and your husband, the gifting inside of him is going to start to come forth too. Because he has yeah. inside of him too. He wants to write more and finish his album. So pray for him for that because, okay. you know, he, he's been wanting to do it and he does jazz music and he does, he also does uh, Brazilian music. It's come. so beautiful on his guitar. Come. Come on. I, I, I mean, it's, it's incredible. The talent that he has like literally, and I actually sing with him on some of his numbers for the, the, you know, we, we, we do the girl from Impanina and I can sing that and, you know, quiet nights, so, you know, and just this beautiful samba music Come on. that, that we like to do. Uh, and I told him, I said, you know, I'll, I'll do a, a samba album with you. Uh, Come on, let's do it. I'll, I'll sing. We'll right. do all these old hits and come we'll on. just do it. And I'll be your little singer. And he's like, oh, Lucy, Lucy, <laughs> Lucy, you can't come on television, Lucy. You know, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because my husband's real name is Richard. His mom calls him Ricky. Oh, that's Rick. Cool. Okay, so okay. it's uh, my name's not Lucy, but... Right. You know, he's Hispanic and I'm a white girl. So it's kind of like, you know. <laughs> so well, I, I'm going to tell you that my husband's a video producer. And so anytime I wanted to do something, he would call me Lucy. Lucy, you can't come to the club, Lucy. <laughs> no, Lucy, take, the, take that outfit off, Lucy. You're not going to be on the show tonight. No. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that is so much fun. This has been such such a joy. I would absolutely anytime. I would love to have you to come back. I would love to have you talk about your book. And I also would love to, I don't know why, but I almost feel like we're supposed to, uh, we'll talk off of but I just, I just saw something. I'm like, can I do that? But um, I would love to, to. The answer is yes, you can do it. <laughs> that I would love to help you and assist you in whatever I can do. Okay. Okay. I, I definitely, we got the purple thing going. I even got the nails. Like Man, I I'm hot, you guys. I'm sorry. Don't be, don't be upset about my shoulders because listen, oh, I'm hot. I'm having another hot flash. It's lovely. Lovely. <laughs> no, I, I tell that I, t I already told my body. I said, listen, we're not going to go through menopause bad. No, I'm just saying, I'm not doing it. I'm telling you, this is a, it, it, you know, I, I just, whatever. I'm just glad to be alive. I can yeah. handle the menopause and whatever else that comes with it. Whatever. Absolutely. You know, I'm just glad to be alive. And, and our Thank next you. video will be on menopause. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. We can do that. We can definitely do that. But um, if yeah. people are getting in touch with you, they can go to www.hookersforjesus.net. Yes. If they yes. would like to get your book, which is 
Fallen or Fallen. So yeah, whatever you can say the name the way you want. It's not a big deal. You okay. Know, just, you know, they can go to our website and also it's on Amazon and you know, you actually, I, I, you can order it from Walmart too. It's weird. I, it's listed on the Walmart site. It's just, I didn't know we were on Walmart too. <laughs> okay. You know, but uh, yeah, so I'm working on the second book as well right now. So awesome. it's just a lot going on. Awesome. And of course we have pink chair. Yeah. Pink nice. chair and that. love it. That's so I actually cute. have velvet pink chairs in the studio and it's a lovely experience, which Lisa, you should come on there too. Oh my gosh. Um, and we, we might have to do zoom because now that we can't see each other, uh, you know, it's like we have to do zooms now, which is fine. But you know that, and it, it's linked to a podcast now too. Come on. Come on. I'm super excited about that. And I haven't officially announced that yet. So I, I maybe shouldn't have said that. Oops. Oh. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's good. It's all good. Yeah. What happens yeah, on and, touch by prayer stays on touch by prayer. Yeah. <laughs> and you're touched by prayer, touched by prayer. Mm -hmm. That's a podcast too, right? Are yeah. you on Apple? Uh, I think, no, I'm on Spotify. I'm trying to get on Apple. I haven't done that yet. You know what? Yeah. Just ask, get permission. You'll get on there. Okay. Yeah, We're on Apple. So it's, it's yeah. a good platform. You know, it, yeah. it's Apple. Well, you know, but, that's, that's the whole thing. It's, it's just trying to get, you know, women are, this is the year of the woman. Women are coming out. Just saying they're coming out. They're coming up. We're taking back the stuff that's been stolen from us. We're not just going to be sitting in the corner anymore being quiet. As as in Dirty Dancing, nobody puts baby in the corner. We're done. Yes. Yes. Done now, I hope that lake gets refilled soon. Yeah. Well, there you go. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Didn't you hear about that? They had some kind of earthquake and all the water left. It's like tragedy. I know. Well, and I'm also going to say this, that the Lord said to me once, because he said, you know, he said, Lisa, do you remember the movie Ghost? Because he talks to me in movies. I love right? that movie Ghost. Right? He said to me, remember what Patrick Swayze said? He says, he goes, you still love Molly. You take it with you. He says, so anything you love on earth, which is our animals, our animals are in heaven. God doesn't take anything from us because he takes the love. He brings a lot because he is. Right, 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 right. I always right. think that that is just such a, a beautiful thing when people start to wonder about, well, who's in heaven? Well, your animals are in heaven because you I know I saw that movie with my trafficker and then I, I, I had a madam that I knew and uh, she I asked her to come see it with me. And I, I cried both times, deeply, deeply moved. And as, as a call girls, you know, I was very young then, but that movie profoundly affected me. Well, it really did because of the afterlife aspect, you know? Yep. It's like, yes, there's an afterlife. And if there's an afterlife, is there an accountability for that? Heck yeah. There's always accountability for everything. There's always. And I want to make sure that I'm in that accountability, you know? You are. You are. So. And you are awesome. And I thank you so much. For you are too. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on. And if you guys are interested in getting in touch with Annie, you can go to hookerthroughjesus.net. She also is going to have t-shirts. Make sure that you check out her website. Make sure you get a copy of her book. And if it's on your heart, she has a, a little uh, thing that you can donate because, you know, she's going to build a castle. I'm just telling you. She yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or just donate in general because we are taking care of clients right now at our Destiny House. And we have 24 seven care and it's complex trauma. So we have a staff that needs to be there for them. And Absolutely. it's so important that we have that. And Absolutely. also our outreach team, there's like three people on our outreach team and they uh, paid staff that they 
connect with all the women in the communities and whoever we talk to and give them resources outside of Destiny House, our, our Hookers for Jesus program. So, you know, it's called Grace Chicks. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, this has been yeah. such a blessing. So much fun. Please come back on, on Touch by Prayer. I'd love to have you back. And we'll I will. Thank you so much. Some conver more conversations. How about that? Okay. Sounds, <laughs> sounds great. Okay. Uh, hold on. I'm going to talk to you uh, out, uh, after I get off. So thank you guys for, um, for tuning in and hanging on. I know it's been, I'm just trying to get rid of my here we go. Um, get rid of my name. Um, thank you guys just uh, for, for showing up. It's like I said, if you guys are interested, make sure that you um, go ahead and you um, subscribe, uh, not subscribe, you go and check out hookersforjesus.net, get her book. Make sure that you share the broadcast. Thanks for the love. We will see you next week on Touch by Prayer. So for tonight, God bless and don't forget to go out and touch the